With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. So you want your charity to succeed. It's no secret that combining online and offline techniques is the key to modern-day fundraising success. And practical advice is what you need. The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart is the perfect place to learn from experts around the world who, along with our host, provide advice you can use. Ted Hart is without a doubt one of the foremost nonprofit thought leaders. Also a successful author, his books cover a broad range of topics from major gift fundraising to use of social media and how to succeed online. Ted lectures around the world, but now he's here for you. From the latest in charity news, technology, fundraising, and social networking, Ted and his guests help you maneuver through this economic downturn in the charitable sector to greater levels of efficiency and fundraising success. Remember, this is a live call-in show. Become part of the show by adding your voice. Call now at 347-324-3080. After the show, you can find all our podcasts at tedhart.com. Just click on radio links. Don't forget to dial 347-324-3080. Now, welcome the host of The Nonprofit Coach, Ted Hart. Well, and welcome here back to The Nonprofit Coach, a brand new year, 2012 is here. We've got a very full show for you today. We've been away. Uh, we've missed you. We hope you've missed us. Uh, we've been away for the holidays, uh, and now we are back with a full schedule uh, for you here in 2012. Today's going to be a very exciting and very special show. I'm really pleased to kick off the new year uh, with Secretary of State for the State of South Carolina, Mark Hammond, uh, will be with us today here on page two. So don't miss the opportunity to call in and ask questions questions about the role of the Secretary of State, the work in South Carolina, but also broadly uh, about the regulation and support of charitable activities uh, in states throughout the United States. That call-in number is 347-324-3080. You can also join us over in the chat room. I do see uh, someone over in the chat room right now. And uh, if you prefer, you can also email me at tedhart at tedhart.com. For those of you who are familiar with the show and those of you who are new, you can join us on page one by following along with all of the radio links that we provide to you each and every week here on The Nonprofit Coach. That's available at tedhart.com. Just click on radio links uh, and you'll find a highlighted link there that will take you to the very best of resources throughout the internet. And we highlight several of those here on the show, including news items. We'll be doing that for you throughout the year. Uh, we always start off uh, the Nonprofit Coach Radio Show with page one. Trying to get my page one music here. First up here on page one news, you will find over in the radio links today, coming to us from Nielsen McKinsey Company, the NM Insight uh, blog is sharing with you information and insights into friends and frenemies uh, over on Facebook. Why do we add and remove Facebook friends? Well, I think this is important for charitable organizations to understand the psyche of why people are using Facebook and how they are using Facebook. So to share some of that information uh, with you today, Facebook users decide to add friends or remove friends, uh, someone from their fold, uh, through knowing someone in real life. It's a top reason cited for friending someone, 82%, and offensive comments are the main reason why people get the boot off from your friends list. That's about 55%. Now, why this is important for charities 
is it is that interaction of online and offline. As we have often said here on the Nonprofit Coach, online is not by itself going to support your organization. What is important is that there is a link and that there is continuity between online and offline. So that real life, real connection to your charity is one of the reasons why people may connect with you through social media. This research is specifically sharing us information about Facebook. Now, this research suggests that real-world interactions drive online friendships. Meanwhile, sales-oriented and depressing comments, which I don't think is a charity you're going to be using depressing comments, um, are what drives people to remove them from your circle. Uh, Facebook etiquette also plays a role with updating uh, not too often but not too little uh, and having too many friends a consideration on your Facebook users. Now, social media activity also plays a role uh, in decisions as research indicates that men are more likely to use social media for careers, networking, and dating, uh, while women uh, use social media primarily for a creative outlet to get coupons and promotions, and to give positive feedback. Now, more men add friends based on business networks uh, or, I guess, for dating, physical attractiveness. Uh, women are more likely to friend based on knowing someone in real life uh, or to remove them due to offensive comments. Now, uh, we've provided you a full link uh, to uh, this information over in the radio links today uh, at Ted Hart at tedhart.com. So uh, at tedhart.com, click on radio links and you'll be able to follow along. Next up here on page one news uh, comes to us from the UK. Bravo to Cancer Research UK. Cancer Research UK uh, has been chosen by Tesco as the charity of the year uh, in the UK for 2012 in a partnership that that charity hopes will raise over 10 million pounds. The company will be encouraging staff, customers, and suppliers to raise funds for the charity. It will top up friend, uh, funds raised uh, by staff by 20% up to a maximum of half a million pounds. So uh, bravo to, uh, to the folks uh, over at Cancer Research UK for that designation. Uh, next up here in the page one links you will find today uh, is some good news for those living in Arizona. Arizona law has been changed to offer more deductions for donations. So if you're in Arizona as a charity, uh, new state law allows income taxpayers to deduct certain donations to charities from state income tax. According to Arizona's revised statute, individual income taxpayers can donate, uh, they can claim donations up to $200 in credit on their state taxes, and married couples who uh, file jointly can claim up to $400. So read all the details about the change in the Arizona law. Uh, for donors and the charities they support. Next up here, it's a new year, maybe for you, it's a new job. How do you look for a job in the nonprofit sector? Coming to us from Silicon Valley, MercuryNews.com shares with us tips and highlights on how you can find a new job. Now, according to the National Center for Charitable Statistics, there are 1.6 million nonprofit organizations registered by the IRS in the United States. They also say that 9% of all wages and salaries in the country uh, come from nonprofits. Now, that's significant. Almost 10% of all wages and salaries come from nonprofits. And, and we often think as a, as a sector and certainly as a society that nonprofit organizations uh, are poor, they don't have many resources, and they're not that significant. And, in, in fact, uh, throughout the country and certainly in concentrated communities throughout our country uh, here in the United States, and nonprofit organizations are, in fact, job creators. Uh, nonprofit organizations are, in fact, doing important work within their communities and, in many cases, can be uh, uh, engines that help drive a local economy. And so there are opportunities for employment at nonprofit organizations, not just your local or national charity organizations, but nonprofits uh, include 501c3 organizations, private charities, private foundations, chambers of commerce, hospitals, fraternal organizations, civic leagues, and many, many more. Uh, so we have a very broad sector that we support as an organization. 
Uh, it takes a very special kind of person to fit into the nonprofit culture. And I think uh, those of us who have been around for a while know that you just can't pick up your skills from the for-profit sector and drop them down into the nonprofit sector. There are very unique skills that are necessary to succeed. TechSoup, which we often talk about here on this show, is an excellent source of information, and TechSoup stock uh, is a great way to get donated technology uh, for your organization. Um, they are the technology place for nonprofits, and they state on their website that many people working in the nonprofit sector find the experience rewarding and fulfilling. Uh, working in the nonprofit sector, however, is not without its stresses. Nonprofit salaries tend to be lower. Uh, and issues dealt with can be overwhelming. And certainly to run a well-run charitable organization on very tight budgets does take some unique skill. Of course, there are lots of ways to find uh, ads in newspapers and other publications. A uh, huge fan of the Chronicle of Philanthropy and their job section. Uh, definitely sign up there. They have uh, some of the better jobs. Lots of online job boards. And, of course, don't miss out on looking for jobs on LinkedIn and Facebook. Certainly using your own network is a great way to find your next job. So new year might be a new job for your organization. Still over here on Page One News, getting ready for Page Two. Don't forget today our Page Two expert is Secretary of State Mark Hammond from the state of South Carolina. You don't want to miss the opportunity to uh, hear from uh, the Secretary of State about the important work that he does to support and to provide that additional measure of ethics and legal oversight for nonprofit work. Uh, over here on page one news, again, you can follow along at tedhart.com. Click on radio links and you'll find all of our radio links, not only for today's show, but the archives of all of the very best of links uh, for the nonprofit sector for our archives of all of 2011. Next up comes to us from The Economist. What they're talking about is, and it's kind of a little bit surprising, uh, coming from The Economist, they almost seem surprised. The title of this article is 1,000 Points of Quote-Unquote Like. Raising money online is harder than it sounds. Well, you know, here, anyone who listens here on the Nonprofit Coach, we've never said that online fundraising is easy, uh, nor should it be, because it should be based on relationships. It should be based on knowledge and technology that allows you to have transparency. Uh, what they uh, put together is a, a well-written article, uh, except the, for the fact that they do make it seem like it's surprising uh, that money doesn't just come flowing in through social media. Uh, anyone who listens here to the Nonprofit Coach knows that it is the interaction of online and offline that is still very much a human business based on relationships. What social media allows you to do is not to raise quick money, uh, not to raise easy money, uh, but it is a good way, a low-cost way for you to build a network of supporters, share information and ideas, build and enhance those relationships that can support your organization. But well written, uh, coming to us from The Economist, uh, we've provided you a link over in the radio links today, so check that out, 1,000 points of like. Uh, next up here on uh, the Nonprofit Coaches, we're uh, just getting ready for our Page 2 expert and the opportunity uh, to chat today with Secretary of State Mark Hammond uh, from the state of South Carolina uh, is to make sure that we share with you uh, that we've got a full schedule coming up here on 2012. This is our first show coming back uh, from the holidays. And one of the really terrific ways for you to make sure that you do not miss any information about the Nonprofit Coach is to go to our public information website, p2pfundraising.org. That's the letter P, the number two, the letter P, fundraising.org, and just register right there for our newsletter, or hey, while you're over at tedhart.com, you can register for our newsletter there as well. Now, for those of you who follow us on Twitter, and we have over 1,535 people already following on us on Twitter, you also get advance notice of the radio links. You get advance notice of all of the information regarding the Nonprofit Coach radio show. We also want to remind you that at tedhartmobile.com, get out your smartphones, go to your browser, and just type in tedhartmobile.com, and you will find that our mobile web service is now available for you. Uh, over on the mobile web service, you can not only listen to this show, listen to the podcast from this show, uh, check out our books and our radio links, uh, but you can also read our newsletter. And each week in our newsletter, we also highlight a popular podcast, 
podcast from the past that is highly rated by those who have downloaded it and have listened to it live as well. This week's popular podcast is a uh, uh, re-showing of the AFP Wiley radio show uh, here on the Nonprofit Coach of Joshua Burkholz. When Josh was here on the show on March 15th, 2011, uh, he shared with us insights about fundraising analytics. Uh, Don't miss that opportunity to listen to the podcast from March 15th, Joshua Burkholz was here on the Nonprofit Coach. Now, uh, you also have the opportunity here with the Nonprofit Coach to interact with others around the world uh, who are interested in people-to-people fundraising, who are interested in success online. We have 1,482, uh, as of yesterday anyway, uh, members in our LinkedIn uh, forum, uh, our group over on LinkedIn, which is people-to-people fundraising, P2P fundraising. Uh, you can join us and you can ask questions in interact with people around the world and get answers to some of your most important questions. So lots that you can do, good to prepare for the new year. So just to recap, join us over on LinkedIn in our sponsored group, over 1,400, almost 1,500 folks on that list. Uh, You can utilize our mobile service at tedhartmobile.com and join us over on Twitter uh, for those updates. With that, we're going to wrap up page one and move right on over to page to news today. Mark Hammond is not only the Secretary of State for the state of South Carolina, but is a known advocate for effective use of charity activities. On November 5th, 2002, he was elected as South Carolina's 41st Secretary of State. Four years later, Secretary Hammond went on to claim victory in November 2006 and again in 2010. Secretary Hammond easily won a third term in office because of the excellent work that he does. The main objective of Secretary Hammond's third term in office is to work with lawmakers to increase the protections of charitable donors. Uh, Each year, uh, he issues his annual Scrooges and Angels program. Uh, He encourages charitable givers to educate themselves on how charities uh, spend their donations. And we think that the important work that he does adds credibility to charities, not only in South Carolina, but lends his effective voice uh, to charitable activities throughout the country. Welcome here to page two of the Nonprofit Coach, Secretary of State Mark Hammond. Uh, Ted, good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's great to have you back on the show. You were uh, briefly on uh, page one news uh, when you were talking about the announcement of the Scrooges and Angels program. Uh, But now that we've got more time with you and we can really sort of get into your philosophy, we can talk about the role of the Secretary of State, we can talk about the leadership that you provide uh, to other Secretary of States across the country. Why don't we start off with uh, who is Mark Hammond and why have you decided that as Secretary of State for all all of the, the job and the big weighty job that the Secretary of State uh, has on your shoulders, why have you decided to make charities an important part of your tenure? Well, Ted, uh, South Carolinians are some of the most giving people in the country. Uh, just uh, several years ago, I think uh, South Carolina ranked in the top ten. So we're a small state, but we have a big heart. Uh, but with that, uh, we want to make sure that uh, people don't take advantage of that generosity and especially with this economy we want to make sure that uh, with limited resources those that are giving the money is going to those programs to uh, help those who are really in need out there not only in South Carolina but across this great country and as you do that now you you've got to now just tell uh, tell our listeners today why Scrooges and Angels what is it um, how many years have you been doing that and what do you think that does Uh, in South Carolina? Well, it brings attention to charity and charitable giving. Uh, This is our 16th announcement last November, and uh, it wasn't started by me, but it was my 11th announcement as, uh, I'm sorry, my 9th announcement as Secretary of State. And uh, what we want to do is, uh, right before the holidays, when people are bombarded with uh, solicitations, we want to have a public awareness campaign and let charitable donors here in South Carolina know that before they decide to contribute to some of these organizations, they should check them out. Uh, We like to say check them out before you write the check. 
so what we like to do is recognize 10 organizations that we deem as angels, and these are organizations who are giving 80% to their programs. Uh, of course, they're registered here in the Secretary of State's office. They use a lot of volunteers. They have to be in existence over three years. Uh, they have minimal fundraising costs. And we pick uh, charities throughout the state with uh, diverse purposes, uh, you know, like uh, hunger and health care, uh, the homeless, and uh, conservation. So, and we pick uh, different organizations from throughout the state. And we like to recognize them, uh, these uh, organizations that we deem as angels greatly appreciate this recognition. It's helped them uh, with their contributions and it uh, gets uh, attention for them. So it's been a wonderful program here and uh, uh, something that I enjoy participating every year, in every year, and uh, we uh, look forward to continuing that uh, here in South Carolina. But now you shared again, with on the other the, hand, uh, the, the uh, in, uh, criteria. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. But then on the other hand, uh, we uh, recognize 10 organizations that uh, – are giving very low percentages of their charitable contributions to their stated program purposes and that are expend, uh, spending tremendous amounts of money on professional fundraising and organizations that uh, sometimes less than a dollar on each dime is actually going to, to fund those programs. So we also want uh, the charitable donors to be aware that there's organizations out there soliciting that uh, are contributing very low percentages and those are the ones they need to check out before they decide to uh, contribute and and they can do that through the South Carolina Secretary of State's office uh, we encourage people to get, call or go to our website and we feel like we have one of the most informative websites uh, in the country you can type in the name of a charitable organization and it will give you the last uh, financial information from their financial filing or 990 here in the Secretary of State's office, and we'll actually give you a percentage on the web page of uh, the amount of money going to programs. Now, just for our listeners to be able to check that out themselves, I believe that website is www.sc, as in South Carolina, SOS, as in SecretaryofState.com. Is that correct? That's correct. And on the right side of the page, you'll see church uh, search charities, it's alongside search corporations and notary search, but you'll see it there, search charities. Click into that, type in the name of the organization, and it'll give you the last report that we've received here in the Secretary of State's office. Now, you also take uh, telephone uh, queries, which is one eight 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 two four two seven four eight four, which uh, I guess spells uh, the word charities. That's correct. And uh, we and, encourage uh, anyone to call. That's a toll-free number. And if they have any questions about a charitable organization, we'll be glad to assist them. Now, you shared with us the criteria of how what you look for in a charity that might become uh, an angel or, or might get on your angel uh, list. Um, how do charities actually come to your notice? Do they apply? Do they lobby you? Do they do their donors get you? How do you actually find the ones that uh, that you recognize each year? Uh, each year we'll go into our database and uh, we'll do a query, and we start at uh, organizations who are 80% uh, or above to the programs, and uh, we'll start uh, with there and. From that, we'll start looking at the different organizations, uh, looking at their financial reports, make sure they're in good standing, and uh, then uh, we'll select 10 uh, from uh, that basis. But then this year, uh, we also added uh, the opportunity for nonprofits to write a letter of recommendation. And uh, we had about 20 uh, organizations that uh, were uh, a letter was sent in uh, for a nomination to the uh, angels list, and two of those we actually uh, listed as angels this year. So I really appreciated that interactive, and I think that's added a lot to the announcement also. And, and my understanding is that uh, uh, charities cannot uh, or are not chosen for more than one year. That's correct. That's uh, and I was. Wanting to mention that uh, before uh, uh, we ended our conversation, but yeah, a lot of these uh, organizations that are deemed as angels uh, call the following year and they want to know, well, what did we do wrong? Why are we no longer angels? 
Well, they're not a fallen angel. Uh, what we do is we recognize these organizations once because there's so many wonderful organizations uh, here in South Carolina and throughout the country. It's not just limited to South Carolina charities. So we uh, want to uh, spread the wealth, so to speak. We want to recognize as many organizations as we can. So each year we recognize 10 new angels. So if you're not on that list the next year, that's not because you're in trouble or or, or you've uh, fallen off. It's just because we want to uh, recognize as many organizations as we possibly can that, that can benefit. Now, it doesn't uh, mean that someone is a fallen angel, but I'm curious, have you ever had a fallen angel? Has anyone actually moved from the angel list uh, to uh, uh, to the Scrooge list? No, not since I've been Secretary of State and been doing the announcement. All the organizations that uh, we have recognized, uh, to our knowledge, uh, have, have not uh, fallen into the uh, Scrooge category. Well, that's, uh, and those that, are that's, usually organizations like we start with 80% or above for angels. We start with around 30% and below for Scrooges. So it would be a real fall for some of these organizations to, to get back. Right. I mean, it really would category. be a, a change in business model if they were uh, to follow on to that list. And I heard you speaking earlier about the impact uh, that nonprofits have economically. And uh, here in South Carolina, I can tell you that it's over a billion dollars, uh, the uh, nonprofit community in our state. And one thing that I've also Im implemented since uh, being elected is a nonprofit advisory council. And I uh, have really enjoyed this. Twice a year, I meet with officials from the nonprofit community and uh, we discuss things uh, as far as uh, the Secretary of State's office as the uh, uh, person who oversees the Solicitation of Charitable Funds Act and uh, uh, questions that we have, as well as uh, concerns that the nonprofit community has. And I think uh, it's bared a lot of fruit here in South Carolina. Well, and, I'm, and I'm curious to talk more about that because I think that is an, uh, an under um, uh, understood, um, uh, poorly understood uh, aspect of the nonprofit sector of how broad it is, what it really does for the economy. Because I, I, I sort of feel, feel and, and you can tell me if, if you think I'm being way oversensitive, but I kind of feel like the, the nonprofit or charitable sector becomes a bit of a, of a punching bag um, in, in sort of political uh, realms uh, in that there isn't really an understanding of where they fit, so, so we're sort of an easy, uh, an easy target. Yet financially and for the economy in, in many ways, not only do we help a lot of people who are in need of, uh, of help, uh, but just the economic engine of the nonprofit sector. And it, it seems, that, I mean, certainly you have those numbers uh, at hand. Do you think I'm overly sensitive, or do you think that there is an understanding of the importance of nonprofits to our society? Oh, I think there's a tremendous impact. I mean, and that's one reason for the angel list. Again, I want to help these organizations because there are a tremendous amount of people out there who are in need of their services. And I've always had this attitude that I feel like the nonprofit community can get resources to those in need much more efficient and better than government. And I would, uh, and that's why I want to support the nonprofit community. But then, like I said earlier, on the other hand, we can't let individuals take uh, advantage of that generosity. There has to be transparency and there has to be accountability. But uh, some things that we discussed here in South Carolina that uh, has been very beneficial would be like uh, our online service now for charity registration. Uh, that would come about through our work with the nonprofit community and, and, and making the process simpler and easier here in South Carolina. Uh, also, and of course, uh, uh, what you're talking about now, just for our, our listeners, is that South Carolina is uh, one of, I believe, 40 states in the United States that do require charitable solicitation registration, and that, that's what you're talking about? That's right. Uh, each year, uh, they have to file uh, either the state financial report with us or submit their 990. If uh, they have 501c3 status and they raise less than $20,000, they're exempt in South Carolina, if they raise over $20,000, then they must register and submit that financial uh, form here in the Secretary of State. Each of the 40 states that require registration also have a uh, have a fee, and I believe that, that your fee is $50? Uh, 
That's correct. And uh, okay. that was a part of, uh, I think it sounds maybe not uh, like a big thing, but I believe it was a big thing before in South Carolina. Say your calendar year run from January to December, then you needed to file your financial uh, report with us by May 15th. But then you had to remember to pay the $50 and register to solicit before July. <clears throat> and a piece of legislation that I was able to get passed revised uh, the statute. And now when you send in your financial report, you also register to solicit. So we, and, and that come about with the great communication that I had with the nonprofit community. And we made that uh, at the same time. And, and, and that has helped a lot of folks in the nonprofit that uh, after they file their financial, they may not think about the Secretary of State's office again and then forget to register by July. So we right. put all that now, together. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to um, uh, get some advice from you, because here on the Nonprofit Coach, we're always uh, trying to think of practical uh, uh, applications uh, for information. We're going to take uh, just a, a real quick little break um, uh, from our discussion with Secretary of State uh, Mark Hammond. And when, when we come back, uh, Secretary Hammond, what I'd like to do is ask you to uh, share with our listeners today uh, your uh, perspective on interacting with politicians, on interacting with government uh, from the charitable sector so that those who are listening today uh, come away with a little bit more of an understanding from your office, from your perspective, and hopefully uh, some of that will uh, be uh, trans, uh, transferred across the country as well. We'll be, uh, we'll be right back. your calendar, we want to make sure that you have the information on the next several editions of the Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart. Next week, we'll be, we will have here on the show the official public release of the Atlas of Giving 2011 Annual Giving Data Report and the 2012 Forecast of Giving with expert Rob Mitchell. Uh, don't miss that. It's going to be a terrific show to not only be able to look backwards on data, but also to put together your plans for 2012 based on the Atlas of Giving's forecast for 2012. Then on January 24th, uh, we're going to have Sandy Rees here. She is a certified fundraising executive uh, and is um, uh, going to be speaking to us about uh, her book, Get Fully Funded. Uh, we also have a very special edition of the Nonprofit Coach this month, uh, or next month on February 17th, uh, will be the Nonprofit Coach of the Green Show. We'll be talking about how to green your budget, how to purchase uh, in uh, a more green way. Um, so make sure to mark your calendar. We'll be posting before next week's show uh, all of the shows in February. We do want to make note that on January 31st, uh, we will not have a live edition of the Nonprofit Coach, so that's a good day to mark on your calendar to get caught up with more than 70 podcasts of the Nonprofit Coach. We're going to head right back to Secretary Hammond and page two. Secretary Hammond, I wanted to uh, ask you, um, how is it best for charities to interact, not only with your office, Secretary of State office, but if you might give us some insight into charities interacting with state government? Well, here in South Carolina, we have an organization called SCAMPO, which is South Carolina Association of Nonprofit Organizations, and uh, they are instrumental, again, in my nonprofit advisory uh, council. We meet twice a year. And usually that's when we discuss uh, legislation. We try to meet uh, before the session begins, and then we meet uh, 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 during the session, and they give us legislative updates federally and state on uh, bills of interest to them. Now, uh, even as Secretary of State, if I had uh, revisions to the uh, Solicitation of Charitable Funds Act that I wanted to make, I would have to contact a legislator and uh, have a bill introduced, and then hopefully I would be set for committee and I would be able to make the case of why that bill needs to pass and become uh, law. So we interact uh, with the legislature and the nonprofit uh, association and uh, discuss uh, revisions that uh, we think would be beneficial to uh, the state of South Carolina, uh, the nonprofit community, as well as the Secretary of State's office as the regulator. 
And there are organizations of that sort in nearly every state in the United States. Are, are you suggesting uh, for uh, our listeners today that, that you feel that that's the conduit to government, or are there direct connections uh, to government that, that might also be beneficial? Well, each, uh, you know, there's nonprofits throughout this state uh, and different communities throughout this state. So uh, just like anyone else who uh, feels like uh, legislation should be introduced or certain laws should be passed, I would encourage them to contact their local delegations. Uh, each uh, county here has a delegation. Uh, each nonprofit uh, has a representative uh, in the area where they uh, have their, their organization. So uh, they need to uh, contact uh, those legislators and talk to them just like anyone else would about uh, what they believe uh, should be law or revisions that should be made. Now, uh, just to remind all of our listeners today that this is a live call-in show. You're welcome to call in at 347-324-3080. I also see folks over in the chat room. You can ask questions there, uh, or you can email me at tedhart at tedhart.com. Uh, and I do have uh, an email uh, question here uh, from Jennifer uh, for you, uh, Secretary. Um, and uh, it's following up, I think, on the point that you made earlier, uh, just asking for a little bit more information about charitable solicitation registration. Well, here in South Carolina, if you want to solicit charitable uh, contributions, you need to register in the Secretary of State's office. It's $50.00. Now, there are a host of exemptions like religious organizations and things like that, but then once you register to solicit, then you can begin asking for contributions. Now, you cannot tell individuals that their contribution is tax deductible until you receive your 401 status from the IRS. Once you receive that, then you can uh, tell the contributor that uh, their contribution is tax deductible. At the end of your fiscal year, again, like if your calendar year is January to December, then by May 15th of the following year, you would need to either submit the South Carolina financial uh, report uh, here that, that we have in the office or submit your 990. And uh, that's the information that we use to inform charitable donors throughout the state of uh, your percentages and, and expenses and how much you're going to programs, and that's where we derive the information that we put on our website. And I do a lot of lecturing uh, around the country, and I always uh, make note of the importance of charitable solicitation registration. Uh, and I find that this is often confusing to charities, even seasoned charity uh, executives. Um, they do confuse this. Uh, with their IRS nonprofit status. They even uh, confuse this with their tax-exempt status. Uh, and, and oftentimes uh, I'll run across charities all over the place um, that really do not realize that there is a separate requirement uh, in most states in the United States, 40 states in the United States, um, for, this, uh, for this registration. Do you find that a lot of charities are also confused uh, in interacting with your office on that point? Uh, we have found some that uh, are confused. They believe that you register, and maybe you just have to register that once. But uh, that's not the case. That's uh, You have to register each year with us and pay that $50 uh, to solicit uh, along with your 990. So it's not a one-time fee. That's uh, an annual fee that you have to pay here uh, in South Carolina. And that's for any charity that is substantially raising money or attempting to raise money in the state of South Carolina. That's correct. It's Anyone not that's, just uh, for charities for, that are actually housed in South Carolina. That's right, yeah. Out of state, uh, if they have a charitable appeal or they are soliciting in the state of South Carolina, has to pay the $50 and register. And then also uh, professional fundraisers, if uh, they enter into a contract with a charitable organization, then they have to file uh, a report here with the uh, Secretary of State's office, tell us the uh, – uh, name of the organization, how long the campaign is going to last, and then at the end of the campaign, then they have to send a joint financial in to the Secretary of State's office stating uh, the revenue that was uh, collected. Now, one of the uh, the benefits uh, to the operations of your the sorts that, that you 
uh, have in South Carolina and then throughout the United States uh, is, of course, the database that's available and the transparency that you help provide uh, to the charitable sector. I wanted to make note of, and I'm guessing that this is uh, a bit of a point of pride for uh, for your office, probably lots of examples of this, uh, but one that came to my attention uh, just a few weeks ago uh, in South Carolina in Orangeburg, uh, there's an Orangeburg uh, horse rescue uh, operation that was actually put out of business, um, they, and they were turning over 23 animals to the Humane Society. Uh, and in the particular article that, that I'm making uh, note of, uh, Phil Serrata, uh, who is the uh, uh, the uh, uh, organizer of this at the T&D, I guess that's the Times of Democrat, uh, paper in South Carolina specifically noted that one of the things that came up in, in their uh, evaluation of Stormy Farms was that there was no record of charity, charity registration with your office, um, and uh-huh. that, that that was one of the things that tipped people off. Well, uh, if they uh, raised less than $20,000 and had the uh, tax-exempt status, then they would be exempt and not have to send an annual report to the Secretary of State's office. But then again, uh, going back to the Scrooge and Angels and our public service announcements, this is one reason why we do so much to talk about charities here in South Carolina because uh, we are like a lot of other uh, agencies. We have limited resources, so we uh, rely on people to call us to uh, give us information or to inquire about these charitable organizations and uh, when we do have to make a case against a nonprofit, uh, a lot of times that's where we get the information that we need to uh, go in there and send a notice of violation. And, and I think that, and that's one of the things I really appreciate about your work and, and secretaries of state uh, throughout the United States is drawing attention to the regulations that do oversee this industry to make sure that donors are protected because in in this particular uh, case, which I, I'm not sure if you're uh, if you're familiar uh, with this uh, Stormy Farms um, uh, case, but it turns out that uh, th- this organization uh, was not even uh, registered as a as as a charity. There's a I gather you have a division of public charities in South Carolina, uh, and that there was no record of registration. In fact, this person had really put themselves out there as a charity, but in fact was not a charity. Was not registered registered in any way, in any in any uh, in any legal way, um, and so they they have agreed to uh, close their operations and to uh, you know uh, adopt out the, uh, the the horses. But here here's an example of of someone who just decided, gee, it would be nice to give me money, so I'll just say I'm a charity and act like a charity when in fact I'm not. Well, and that hurts all the wonderful organizations out there because if people feel like they're being taken advantage of and there's no accountability or or transparency, then I think all uh, charitable organizations are going to hurt because people are going to be more reluctant to give. So, uh, again, that's why we work so hard to do our public service announcements, and and I travel throughout the state to talk about charitable giving. But uh, also this goes back to the toll-free 1-800 number. Uh, I run a uh, 30-second spot uh, on cable during the holiday season and that's why we encourage so many people to contact the Secretary of State's office before they decide to give to these organizations and like I said it's very simple you can go to our website or you can call our toll-free number so please check them out before you decide to give well, and, and I'm, I'm sure that you're familiar with the, the folks over in Anderson, South Carolina, over the Independent Mail, uh, and in a, a wonderful article that they put they put together, really based on your office, based on uh, the oversight that, that you put together. Um, they, uh, you know, they made note of uh, of the fact that even the savviest of givers can be fooled by a sob story. Um, and I was wondering if you could kind of fill fill us in on. How does that how does that happen, and what do you do to help help people not fall for it? Well, again, you know, uh, we do everything we can to uh, inform uh, or educate the charitable donors here in South Carolina. But I know that's very very tempting, especially when you have a person who's soliciting for an individual. And now there is an exemption for uh, people who are soliciting for individuals up to five thousand dollars. So if it's someone who uh, has gotten sick, who is uh, having surgery, I think a lot of those are solicitations that uh, we have throughout the state when it's a a person 
who uh, unfortunately is having uh, health issues and, and they're asking people to, to donate. But even those uh, are supposed to file an exemption with us if they raise less than $5,000. But I think because of a lot of the circumstances and, and say, a, a hospital stay or a visit to a hospital coming up, they just don't think about filing that exemption with us here in the Secretary of State's office, but they should. Now, one of the things I, I, I think, Secretary Hammond, that, that, that you are aware of here on the Nonprofit Coach is that we do have a, a special place in our heart uh, for the environment. Uh, certainly, I'm, I'm author. One of the six books is uh, The Nonprofit Guide to Going Green. We do a, a regular monthly uh, special edition of the Nonprofit Coach uh, called The Green Show. Uh, I, was, I was particularly pleased to see your designation uh, this, uh, this past year uh, of uh, the Carolina Wildlife Care as one of your 2011 angels. Uh, and I was wondering, I don't know if that, you know, uh, hit the, the top of, of your list or not, but I was just wondering if you might share us a little bit about that kind of organization because uh, um, certainly uh, drawing attention to the wildlife in South Carolina certainly has uh, quite a beautiful country there. Um, yeah. why, why an organization like that might have been chosen? Well, each year... Uh, you know, we want to have 10 wonderful organizations, but we also want to have a list of diverse organizations, you know, that provide different services. And each year we always uh, recognize an organization uh, like Carolina Wildlife Care. Uh, they're based here in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, their last financial report uh, said that 87% was going to uh, programs, which is, uh, you know, a wonderful percentage. Uh, just to give you a little information about uh, Carolina Wildlife, it uh, rehabilitates sick, injured, or orphaned animals uh, with the goal of returning them to their natural habitat. Uh, last year, it treated approximately 3,000 patients and uh, responds to 15,000 hotline calls each year. Uh, it's uh, been an organization, uh, well, let me see here, since uh, founding in 1989, the organization has admitted uh, over 45,000 animals, representing 200 different species. And uh, after the announcement, just to tell you how uh, being recognized an angel can be beneficial, uh, this is one of the organizations that reporters went out to speak to and actually done a report and showed their facility and, and showed the animals and uh, talked about uh, the service that they're providing. So that's a, that's a real point of pride, obviously, uh, for South Carolina, and I, I, as I said, I was particularly pleased to see that they were they were chosen um, this year. So the the angels are not only a good idea to donate to organizations like that; they've passed muster in your office. But um, are they also um, they they tend to be homegrown uh, charities or extensions of national charities? Do they become a point of pride to the state overall, or is it sort of just a, a list that comes from your office? No, I think uh, I take a lot of pride. The state takes a lot of pride in those organizations, and uh, these organizations are uh, very uh, appreciative of the recognition. And uh, I know a lot of the organizations, we give them a nice uh, certificate, and uh, they uh, frame it, or we have it framed for them, and they place it uh, in their offices for the public to see. They're very, very proud of this uh, recognition. And uh, I know uh, many organizations have uh, told me, how beneficial this uh, recognition has uh, been to them. Now, uh, we do recognize out-of-state organizations, but uh, the majority of them are usually uh, organizations here in the state of South Carolina. And, uh, you know, we like to recognize organizations who uh, rely largely on volunteers and see this uh, publicity, this recognition also helps them in recruiting volunteers for their organizations. Well, I would imagine that, that having that designation would draw more attention and, and would more, draw more uh, more volunteers. Now, in in your statements, uh, you say you say that most of the Scrooge charities are based outside of the state. Is, is that uh, just because uh, Carolina charities are just more ethical? Well, not necessarily. We find that the uh, charities uh, that have the lowest percentages are the ones who hire the professional fundraisers who uh, engage in telemarketing. And a lot of the uh, telemarketing calls are from out of state, and they're calling on behalf of these uh, organizations. And uh, they enter these contracts, which I told you about earlier, and uh, a large percentage of uh, 
the revenue collected goes to the uh, professional solicitor or telemarketers, and most contracts that are sent here to South Carolina, it's usually an 80-20% split, 80% to the fundraiser, 20% to the charitable organization. So once you pay the fundraising and your other expenses in your organization, it really brings uh, the percentage left for programs down. And uh, in turn, those are the ones that uh, we uh, recognize as the angels because there's just not a lot going to the uh, charitable purpose. Sometimes, uh, you know, one cent on or ten cent on a dollar, which is just not good at all. And that that'll certainly earn you a Scrooge designation if uh, if that's a way that you. So is it mostly business? And a lot of the cases that we make here in South Carolina involve the. Uh, uh, professional fundraisers or the telemarketers, each individual solicitor, they're called, has to register in the office and pay $50. And unfortunately, uh, when we have to place organizations uh, on notice, it's because of uh, misrepresentation. And once again, that's part of our awareness campaign. We need people who are receiving these phone calls to uh, call us to let us know uh, that they feel like they have been misled, so we, we can check it out. And a lot of uh, the callers will say 100% going to the charity when, when that can't be the case. They will not identify themselves as a professional fundraiser, and uh, those are where the violations stem from. And unfortunately, I would say unfortunately, last year uh, with these violations and other violations, uh, we collected uh, a record in South Carolina of uh, $234,000 in fines. That's the largest amount that we've collected since I've been Secretary of State in one year. At the same time that, that uh, you've been that you've collected uh, uh, a record number of fines because of people not meeting their expectations, I found it very interesting that, that you also said that charitable solicitations across the state have increased in the last four years, uh, even through the Great Recession. Um, so um, what do you attribute that to? Well, again, uh, I believe it's just because uh, South Carolina, uh, again, is a small state, but uh, has a big heart. And uh, uh, we have always answered the call, whether it's uh, serving our country in the military or helping those less fortunate. South Carolina has always wanted to uh, contribute to these uh, charitable organizations and help others. Uh, I think it's just because uh, we're, we're such a state that's blessed with wonderful people who are, are very giving people and caring people. One of the uh, things I'd like to uh, mention to all of our listeners is, and I wanted to uh, thank uh, Jay Early. Uh, Jay Early, thank you so much for uh, clicking on the like button at Blog Talk Radio um, and uh, forward slash nonprofit uh, coach, uh, which is our direct link. You can find that at tedhart.com as well. What that allows you to do is uh, to receive direct notices of any changes uh, to the nonprofit coach and posting of new shows. So thank you, uh, Jay, for uh, for joining us, and we encourage all of our listeners uh, to like us over at Blog Talk Radio, which is our online host. Um, taking a look at the the uh, clock, it's always amazing how uh, fast time uh, can go on a show like this. Secretary Hammond, I was wondering if you might um, give us a, a look in South Carolina, but also uh, give us a peek across the country in terms of what you see as the future of charitable organizations, and, and certainly uh, coming from your per, uh, perspective as an elected official. Well, uh, I believe that uh, there's still a tremendous amount of people out there that are in need. Uh, I see more organizations coordinating with other organizations and pooling resources uh, to better uh, help uh, the community out there, which I believe is a very good thing. Uh, hopefully we're starting to turn the corner and uh, get out of this recession. And uh, it's my hope that uh, the economy will improve and, and, and people will be able to, to go out and get jobs and then maybe alleviate some of the pressure that uh, is on the nonprofit community and uh, the resources, uh, uh, you know, are really depleted. And uh, if, if that happens and that occurs, hopefully a lot of these organizations will be able to build up their resources and uh, – uh, continue to uh, help those who uh, need their assistance. Uh, uh, as far as uh, here in South Carolina, you know, we are looking to uh, make some revisions to our solicitation of uh, Charitable Funds Act. Uh, we want to uh, add uniformity here and have uh, the requirements in South Carolina uh, a little more uniform with uh, the IRS, and I think that would help 
the nonprofit community. Anytime that uh, everyone's on the same page, it seems to, to help uh, us as well as those organizations who need to register. So I'm looking for a, a very productive year here in South Carolina. And again, I encourage everyone to give and uh, help uh, their communities, help others who are in need. But then I also ask them to check these organizations out and make sure that uh, the resources are, are going to truly help those in need. I'm, I'm just wondering, in the State House, um, when there are discussions about uh, economic uh, growth, economic diversity, uh, how much uh, does nonprofits actually come up in those kinds of, uh, of discussions? Or uh, is nonprofit, and I think you gave the number of over a billion dollars uh, in the industry in South Carolina, does it end up being a bit of an afterthought? Uh, well, I, I don't necessarily think so. Uh, you know, there's a lot of organizations here in South Carolina who receives grants from uh, state government to uh, help in their organizations. Uh, I mentioned uh, that one of the criteria in our angels list is that you receive a minimal amount of, of money in grants. So as long as uh, the state uh, government here and even uh, county governments and city municipalities are helping with these uh, nonprofit organizations. They're, they're going to be uh, active and they're going to be uh, here uh, soliciting uh, a portion to, to help their community. And I also buy into the ar argument that uh, it is beneficial for the state to help certain organizations because of the services they can provide and, and can get those resources to, to those in need uh, faster than uh, state or federal government can. So in many cases, it's a, a real good partnership with a nonprofit and a government. What are your concerns for for the the new year for charitable organizations in in South Carolina and again across the the country? What what are your concerns? Uh, well, uh, you know that there is an increased demand on their resources. Uh, that uh, you know that the economy doesn't turn around and contributions remain low when. Uh, and that they have to continue to to struggle out there to to get the resources they need to uh to operate and uh I, I don't think that's just here in South Carolina but that's probably all across uh the country uh again they need to uh continue to to stay active and to uh have uh people uh, uh look at legislation to make sure that there's no legislation out there that would uh, impact uh, the nonprofit community in an adverse way, and if it does, they need to to, to speak up. Uh, I know there's been a lot of changes to the 990. Uh, right now, I'm not sure if there's uh, changes uh, currently that are being discussed uh, either statewide or or federal. But uh, that's something that you always have to stay on top of to uh, make sure that uh, you know what's happening out there, what what's being discussed, and what direction they're wanting to go in. I want to explore that uh, that topic of being aware of the uh, the industry in just a moment. Uh, just a real quick reminder for all of our listeners today. Remember, our podcasts and archives are always available 24 hours a day at tedhart.com. Click on radio links. If you're listening live today, the phone lines are open. Call in and ask a question by dialing 347-324-3080. Now, back to the Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart. Secretary Hammond, you, you brought up the topic of changes to the 990 and, and other uh, federal um, issues as uh, federal and state governments are cutting back on, on their budgets. I think you had mentioned that uh, it, from your perspective, uh, charities are overall efficient in their operations, uh, but yet they're being harmed by cuts, and as you said, the demands on their services are increasing. Where is that balance for society and not just for uh, government budgets? Uh, well, uh, again, I mean, there's uh, everyone you know, in state government as well as in your household has uh, more than likely had to cut back. Uh, but, you know, we're hoping for better days. Uh, here in South Carolina, I know that uh, they have a, an anticipated $900 million in additional revenues. So uh, hopefully that will uh, ease uh, some of the burden that everyone has had to endure over the past three years. Uh, due to uh, this recession, and there may be some uh, resources available, you know, at least to sustain uh, uh, current levels of, of funding or maybe have some uh, restoration 
to funding. So, you know, a, a rising tide lifts all boats. <laughs> right, all, but, exactly. Uh, I, I well, we're just you. winding down the show here. We're almost up. Uh, just to remind everybody that uh, next week's show is uh, on uh, Tuesday, January 17th, and we'll, we will have the official public release of the 2011 annual giving data report and I think even more important, the 2012 forecast of giving uh, here uh, Secretary Hammond, just uh, thank you so much for your time here today. We know how valuable that is, but you've given us a lot of, of insights. I'll just uh, I'll give you the last uh, few moments here to just uh, say goodbye to our audience. Well, Ted, thank you. Thank you for having me, and uh, it's uh, been nice to talk about uh, South Carolina, the nonprofit community, and what we do here in South Carolina as uh, the person who uh, regulates the nonprofit community and forces the Solicitation of Charitable Funds Act uh, We've given the uh, toll-free number. If anyone has any questions, please call that number. We'll be glad to answer those questions or to assist them in uh, any way that we can. Uh, and also, uh, as I have uh, stated earlier, uh, you know, there's a lot of wonderful organizations out there. They're doing great work. Uh, there's limited resources, so uh, I believe people want to contribute. They want to help out, but then they also we're going to post a, a copy of uh, of your link. We got to go. That's our show right, for today. Thank you. Secretary of State Mark Hammond. Check out You've been listening to the Nonprofit Coach Radio Show with Ted Hart. Tell all your friends to check out our production schedule and download our iPod and iPad friendly podcast at TedHart.com. Thanks for listening to the Nonprofit Coach. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.